and welcome to my podcast. Today's episode is on the power of words. There is a proverb that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words have power to give life or death, to hurt or heal. Words can hurt us, but words can also encourage us and motivate us. They can inspire us to go on. Now let me ask you, have you ever felt hurt by something that someone else said to you or about you? I'm guessing that would be yes, because words are expressed way too freely and sadly, some of them are not really, what should I say, life-giving. Has someone ever said something judgmental and negative behind your back that questioned your motive, integrity or character? If so, how did it make you feel when you found out about it? Probably pretty rotten, right? Nothing is more painful than when someone says something about you that is blatantly untrue. In fact, few things have the power to ruin a relationship like critical, accusing, defaming, hostile and inaccurate or even slanderous words. All of us can probably think a time when we were hurt by someone's words. And we probably know of at least one good relationship that was destroyed, a church that was split, team spirit lost, or a family that doesn't talk anymore because of hurtful words. Many of us are perhaps still very scarred because someone we trusted didn't watch their words. Significant people like parents, teachers, coaches, pastors, friends, relatives, co-workers, bosses, so many people wounded us deeply with words that spoke death into our minds and hearts instead of life. I know quite a few people who even way into their adult years have not been able to forget the scarring remarks made by their teachers or classmates that have an impact on how they see themselves even now. Words make or break relationships because they have the power of life or death speak negative, critical, demeaning, tear-down words on a regular basis and watch a marriage die. On the other hand, speak positive, uplifting, building up words and a marriage will look like it was made in heaven. None of us is capable to constantly speak only good and uplifting words because we are after all human and have our limitations. But we can learn to train our tongues so that we become more conscious and aware of what we are saying and how that might affect others. You see, we spend so much time and effort on training our bodies and even our brains, but perhaps not consciously our tongues. Yet tongues that produce words have the power to build up or tear down actual relationships. I will share some ideas, or strategies if you may call it, to control and keep a check on our words. But I will leave that to the later part of my talk. I would like to explore more deeply the power that words have. As I speak, I would encourage you to reflect on the ways your daily words within your family and other relationships might be having an effect on others. Are they more positive and encouraging? Or are they more like, oops, sorry, I'd rather not think about it. Well, please do so because there's actually hope for all of us to really speak positivity and blessing into others' lives 
and see our relationships turn for the better. Okay, so let me first start by exploring what science and psychology research has to say about the power of words. Language has been has mirrored the connection between physical and mental pain. We suffer from broken hearts as well as broken bones and speak of bruised feelings along with bruised toes. This all seems intuitively right because we recognize the pain we experience, whether a throbbing headache or the pain of missing someone so much that you ache. Many of you know the famous playground saying, Sticks and stones may break by my bones, but words can never harm me. How many of us actually believe that? I somehow doubt that anyone actually believes it, just even logically. But scientific research has actually proved the literal harms that words inflict. Some research findings are as follows. We are hardwired to feel emotional pain as well as physical pain. Social pain may be more like physical pain than not. Words hurt, just like sticks and stones. The age-old playground adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. But in reality, that is hardly so. In a series of studies, a researcher named Martin Teicher, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right, and others have shown that there are physical and emotional consequences of just verbal abuse. In one study, the researchers found that the effects of parental verbal aggression were compared to those associated witnessing domestic violence or non-familial sexual abuse. Wow. In fact, verbal aggression produced larger effects than familial physical abuse. There's evidence too that exposure to verbal abuse in childhood actually alters the structure of the brain. That was also borne out in another study by Dr. Taihe and his colleagues called, in a study called Hurtful Words. What the researchers found was that especially during the middle school years when the brain is actively developing, exposure to peer bullying and verbal abuse caused changes to the white matter in the brain. The white matter refers to areas of the central nervous system that affects learning and brain functions, just in layperson's terms. Just because we can't see the wounds doesn't mean they aren't literally and physically there. Now coming back to us and the world around us, think about how the words of others or your own words that have brought life or death. Do you speak life or death through your words? How do you think people around you perceive you? As someone who has kind and encouraging words for others, that is, life-giving, or someone with a vicious, sharp tongue, bringing death to a dream or a hope, or even an excited heart. Here are a few examples of words that bless or curse, that give life or death. So firstly, words that bless, or that give life. Just some examples, like I love you, I believe in you, I'm so proud of you. I couldn't have a better friend than you. You make my life worth living. I am more thankful for you than you will ever know. Or you are a winner and will be successful in life. I don't know what I would do without you in my life. These are some examples of words that give life. Words that encourage and build others up. On the other spectrum, there are words that curse. Words like... 
you will never amount to anything. Or you are such a loser. Nobody will ever love you. I wish I had never had you. Or you are nothing like your brother. Why can't you ever do anything right? I'm sick of you. I wish we had never gotten married. You will never change. My life would be so much better if you weren't around. Have you heard any of these statements spoken into your life? Okay, now let's move to how words affect within the family. If we strive to maintain an atmosphere of encouragement at home, it blesses everyone in the family. I have unfortunately witnessed many a times where everyone crushes the other one's spirit. There's hardly a word of encouragement because everyone wants to be right. I'm sure many such families do not consciously try to tear each other down. However, a lot of unchecked and thoughtless words coming out do not help building up self-esteem of the other person either. I have also witnessed families where mum and dad offer words of encouragement and hope to their children. And having this model, the children also encourage their parents and siblings when they feel down. This to me is love in action within a family. The topic for today is the power of words. Words have the power to build up or tear down. And therefore, being mindful of this power, we teach our children to use words that are pleasant, positive, motivating and focusing on what is good, delivered in a gentle way. They need to get trained when a not so nice or hurtful word comes out of their mouth towards their siblings, parents, friends or anyone. In this way, children are trained to become mature and secure individuals, also later in the future, who do not need to build their self-esteem by putting other people down. In a marriage context, we all know how one or two not-so-nice words can spiral out of control and arguments have the potential to end up in nasty fights, cold shoulder or withholding of love and intimacy. But when we as wives, well, I'm a wife, so I'm speaking from the point of your wife, when we as wives consciously have the attitude to encourage our husbands and build them up, we overpower the power of negative words and enjoy the fruit of joy and peace in our marriage. In the same way, husbands who do the same have wives who are deeply joyful and are less likely to seek the approval constantly of other people. Now, I know this is a kind of perfect situation, but at least we can work towards that. Also, more often than not, a father-child relationship depends on the overall marriage relationship. Encouraging words from dads are life-changing. Kids thrive on that. A dad who is encouraged and built up by words from the woman closest to him. Such a dad can give that encouragement to his children. He will find it much easier to bring out positive words when there is an atmosphere of positivity about himself rather than when he's torn down day after day. A dad's words building up the self-image of his little girl has a much bigger effect on her standing up to peer pressure in teenage years than any motivation talk or feminist magazines. A dad's encouraging pat and hopeful words in childhood will go a long way in an adult man feeling less the need to show that he's worth it by working himself to death or by boosting his ego by putting others down at work. 
A good friend's eight-year-old daughter was feeling rather low one day because she felt the other kids in her school didn't want to play with her as she's of a different color. No matter how much my friend tried telling her she's beautiful, the eight-year-old was not convinced. Until her daddy came back from work, asked what the matter was, sat his little girl on his knees and whispered into her ears, You are my girl and I love you. You are so beautiful. You are daddy's treasure. Tears rolled down her cheeks and she gave a big hug to her daddy and mummy. What a wonderful role model father, my friend's husband, is who took the time to build his daughter up. Now let's see how the tongue, that little organ that produces words, affects our daily living. The tongue is like a fire or a wild beast. At least it has the potential to be like that. What would it be like to share your home with a wild beast like a lion or a grizzly bear and a grumpy dog who all suffer from persistent migraines? You try to restrain, restrain these beasts and they refuse to be brought into submission. In our home, we do know all about these wild and uncontrollable brutes. We have seven of these prowling through our house. And I must inform you, several of these untamable beasts are lurking in your home too. Stay alert. The wild beasts, also known as tongues, are running loose. The tongue can be a wild beast in anyone, but it becomes pronounced perhaps in pre-adolescents and teenagers. The pressure to curse and to make sarcastic critical comments is big. Ask your child about the pressure to swear and to cut others down and he'll probably tell you everyone does it. I have encountered the wild beast my tongue transform into as well. Sometimes it is a docile, sweet animal saying sweet, kind words and blessing others. And sometimes I myself wish this brute beast did not come out, especially when I said those unkind words to my husband in front of the kids. We need to apologize for our part in this and be reconciled to our partner or whoever we have offended in order to have restored relationships again. However, as we all know it, this can be hard as it requires a lot of courage to say sorry. But try it and see what happens. Going back to kids again, I have noticed from our own kids as well as observing several other families that there are mainly two ways in which children struggle to control their tongues. The first is disrespect to parents. I think sometimes as parents we give our children far too much freedom to grumble and speak their mind. I mean, of course you may disagree with me, this is my viewpoint. We often allow, consciously or subconsciously, our kids to show disrespect to adults without being disciplined and corrected. The second area is sibling rivalry. Oh, I wish we had a 10 euro note for every sibling spat we've seen in our household. We would really be rich. There are so many instances where unkind words and unkind tone of speaking are experienced. Perhaps many of you can relate. Just some examples, like who gets to sit in the front seat of the car, or who got the biggest slice of the chocolate cake, or who gets the most playdates and sleepovers, who made the mess and who cleaned it up last, who needs to clear up the dishwasher this time, again. That's not fair. Yeah, life is not fair. So you see, there are mean words flying around and the untamed brutes lurking around much too frequently in any normal family. We need to tame them somehow. It is a matter of training 
and does require a lot of conscious choice in doing so. In our family, we teach our children very often, especially as reminders in the midst of a bad spat. And remind ourselves as well to refrain from using the words that are hurtful, but only such words that build others up should ideally come out of our mouths according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Now I understand that you may not remember this all the time and not do it, but it's a good reminder. What are words that build up? It is very easy to say demeaning words and things that really reinforce the mistake the other person did. Instead, let's try and say positive things, consciously, intentionally. Then, what are the words that meet the other person's needs and gives grace? You know, beating someone up with words and telling them, I told you so, doesn't help at all when the person is feeling low and down and even knows that she has done something wrong. Instead, Let's be gracious and be wise with the words. Let go of punishing words. Try saying, let's say to your daughter, if she's messed up. Sweetie, that doesn't sound like someone you would normally do, something you would normally do. Is there anything I can help you with? Are you struggling with something? This is a note to myself. Tell my daughter. <laughs> okay, giving grace does not mean overlooking a clear wrong and not giving any consequence. But it does mean choosing words and situations and the timing wisely. There is another thing we try to do as a family. This for sure helps a lot. And that is to not let the sun go down while still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. This means that if we have spoken mean words at each other and a result are angry with the other person, we settle those differences before we go to bed. That is, before the sun goes down. Well, not technically. But, you know, before the sun goes down is before going to bed. So when I've said something mean to my husband, for example, in my frustration as at my husband's sometimes very long work hours. Okay, I once actually told him, you don't care about us. All you care about is work. I immediately felt bad and regretted it. Because the truth is, he cares about his family more than anything else. In my anger, I say such a mean thing to him. But I thank God that I get a nudge and I get to hear when I overstep the line. I get reminded of, don't let the sun go down while still angry. This means that I should try to reconcile with my husband before I go to sleep. I don't want any bitterness creeping in and taking root in my heart even as I sleep. An angry heart is a fertile soil for the devil's work. Before I know it, I'm so angry that I start making up all, positive ne all possible negative scenarios in my mind and I'm bitter and angry towards not only my husband but also the children, the neighbor's dog, the babysitter, my neighbor, the next driver on the street, basically anyone that comes my way. I am a wild beast then. That's why I need to make an effort to talk about the disagreements and settle them without delay through humility, prayer and wisdom so that a harmless quarrel or argument does not turn into a harmful, damaging, long-standing disagreement. My husband needs to do this too, but that is not in my hands. I'm responsible for my part and he's responsible for his. 
We teach our children to do the same. While they are still fairly young, we guide them to do that. That is, before everyone turns into their beds, we remind them if they have said or done anything bad to anyone or their siblings and are holding grudges. If it is another child at school, they are to make up the next day. And if it is a sibling, then they should settle the fight and forgive each other before they sleep. This is a good practice from a young age because they get to experience the sweet sleep of peace that comes from holding no bitterness in their hearts. Now I turn to another important area apart from the family where words have power and oh yeah a lot of power to destroy and that is in the area of gossip and backbite. We have a perverse appetite for information. We human beings love to know what's happening in other people's lives without them necessarily wanting us to know. You don't think that's true? Then just take a look at the number of gossip magazines around. Who's lost his job? Who got separated from who? Who's living with someone else now? Or that her skirt was a bit too low and did you see the lipstick color she was wearing? Oh yeah. We love to not only hear what's going on in other people's lives without them giving us permission, but we have an appetite for more. So we get busy and love to collect even more information. And before we know, it's even taken over our hearts and minds. And when we are wronged in any way by someone, even if slightly, or we are perhaps envious of someone because they have gained in popularity, which we had before, there is a temptation to say bad things about the person to many people. And soon, backbiting turns into gossip and it spreads like wildfire, causing many hurts and broken relationships and friendships. It is as hard to refuse to listen to gossip as it is to turn down a delicious dessert. Taking just one bite of either one creates a taste for more. But we can resist rumors and gossip the same way a determined dieter resists candy. Never even open the box. Well, at least I know that's true for me. So if you don't nibble on the first bite of gossip, you can't take the second and third. There are some strategies to remember in using words that have the power to give life and avoiding words that destroy. Firstly, recognize that words have power. Think before you speak. Is it really necessary to say what you want to say, especially in the heat of the moment? On the other hand, if it is something good, speak it out if you know it'll, if it will encourage others. Out of the heart that nurtures evil thoughts comes bad words. Or out of a good heart come good thoughts and good words. So guard your heart. Ensure that all the filthy stuff does grow root in your heart. All the filthy stuff that grows root in your heart, be it the thought of doing or saying something bad to someone or harboring bitterness towards someone because she said something to root to you. So all that stuff that takes root in your heart needs to get rid of okay so ensure that all this filthy stuff does not grow root so even before they grow root take them out this means consciously or intentionally choose to not think of the bad things but rather think of the positive things about a person then the other strategy is to exercise self-control when the urge to say something nasty is very high even if the other person deserves it. 
You can pray about it, count to 10, whatever works for you. Then intentionally think of all the good traits in the person, the good things about your relationship. Do you really want to spoil all that for the sake of winning one argument or speaking your mind? Remember, good words in, good words out. Bad words in, bad words out. Since mutual respect is the foundation of all healthy relationships, within a family, how we relate as a couple and speak to our child is the best model of the pleasing use of the tongue within any family. I know it is not always easy, but if we train ourselves regularly, we will see the results. The way we relate to each other as a couple in a marriage has a big impact on the way children talk to us and others around them. This does not mean that husbands and wives can always talk nice and polite to each other and never even have arguments. That is utopia. But we live in a real world and are real people with different minds. But how we choose to talk to each other in an argument situation is important. And even if we have exchanged some heated words, do we make up pretty soon? Do we say sorry and mean it? Our children are watching. As I come to a close to this talk, there's a personal experience I want to share. When I find myself tempted to give it back to someone who has hurt me or said something unfair or insulting, it can be in a marriage context or any relationship, be it with your mother or mother-in-law, I don't know, any relationship. I know the natural desire is to retaliate and put the other person in place. After all, I'm a smart, intelligent person. How dare he says that to me? But when I walk away from the situation, take some time out, calm down, pray, whatever that helps, I can then have the peace to know that a fair judge will judge this situation. I, by not opening my mouth at the moment, can avoid saying things that I might regret big time later. But whenever I have given in to my urge of speaking my mind, even if I knew that I should have kept my mouth shut, it has invariably led to a vicious downslide of hurts, cold shoulder, bitterness and restlessness. So I will conclude my talk by saying, words have power. Sometimes less words are good. Use your words freely when you have something encouraging to say. If not, be stingy with them. Hope you will remember as you leave this talk that your words can have the power to give life or to bring death. Please choose life. Thank you for listening.